Hello and welcome. My name is Brent Weaver and this is the Digital Agency Show. The podcast that goes behind the scenes with today's top agencies and entrepreneurs. I am really glad you're here. And once again, it's time to transform your business mindset. Hey, agency owners. As someone that's run Google Ads for my own business, as well as on behalf of my clients, I know how time-consuming it can be to constantly be monitoring and optimizing those ads. I've got good news for you. There's a new tool called Optio that monitors your accounts for statistically significant patterns and suggests improvements that can push live to Google Ads in just a few seconds. Improvements help you manage keywords, test ads, and optimize bids. Get your time back. Let the machines do the heavy lifting. Check out optio.com slash yougurus and get started with a six-week extended free trial. That's optio.com slash yougurus. Hey, what's up, podcast listeners, digital agency owners. Welcome to another episode of the Digital Agency Show. I'm your host, Brent Weaver, and today we are hanging out with Chris Bates. Chris is the president and founder of Agora Company. His agency started in traditional marketing for retail and various industries, but more recently has moved into strategy and digital services for community bank and healthcare clients. They currently have five team members that are full-time and two other remote contract workers. Chris, welcome to the program. Thanks, Brent. Glad to be here. So, Chris, uh, we're going to talk about some fun things today. But first of all, can you just paint us a picture? I talked a little bit about your uh, staff size and stuff, but paint us a little bit of a picture of who your digital agency is today. Kind of where are you guys at um, right now as a business? Absolutely. You know, we're one of those that, like many of the YouGurus members we started 10 years ago, all things to all people and love to work with anybody that had a checkbook. And what we have developed into now is over the last year and a half or so, we have really niched into a couple of more specific markets and uh, really specified our service areas much more so. We are far more on the digital screen-facing services side, web, SEO, social, uh, all of those types of things. And what we really look for, Brent, as an agency and spend most of our time doing really are holistic relationships to the best extent that we can. Sometimes maybe we'll get hired for social media management services and hope to be within a year, we're doing web, SEO, various other services. So the majority of our client base, if they're not there, we're building them in that direction. So from our project manager and in-house design and all of that, and then our strategic partners that we work with, that's really what we look like as an agency now. That's awesome. And I, and I love that, uh, and we'll talk about how you came to your niche in a bit, but that you have, I mean, your agency is, uh, I mean, it's thriving off of community banks as your target client. And it's not just like, oh, the banking sector, it's community banks, like very, very specific. And and even beyond that, it's kind of in your, in your local geographic region. Like you guys kind of have a multi-state kind of area that you now support. So it's not even like your target market is, you know, some huge global thing. It's like community banks in your geographical area. And I think a lot of people can learn from that, that you have a successful thriving agency just with that level of focus, which I think is just so cool. Absolutely. I think it makes the conversations flow well that uh, most of them are in the Southeastern area. That's where we are, you know, and, and uh, most of it, is so fitting, Brent, with what our real passion is and the whole reason that I started the agency, which is to help other business operators to, to grow theirs mm. and, and really have a passion for that. And with community banks, they tend to be accessible. 
they tend to be, and I don't mean this critically, but a very uh, kind of old school system of, of, of business. And so where we can really benefit them is they have a long way to go in their marketing typically are not very modernized in their strategies and the platforms and the utilizations. So we just found that to be a, a, a great fit. That's awesome. You know, one thing I hear from people when they're thinking about uh, choosing a niche or choosing a market is, as I hear this as a common objection, people say, you know, well, if I really just have, I focused on something like that, like community banks, like wouldn't I get bored? And, and I just want to ask you as somebody who has successfully niched, and that you do have a pretty tight market segment and target. Do you find that that, that that's a, a legitimate fear, or do you find that you're you know that that things are new and challenging on, on an ongoing basis? I absolutely had that same concern, and I think what I've found in that and my team as well is some of what replaces that is the scalability. I mean, it, frankly, it's it's really surprised me how energizing it can be even though we may be doing the same types of, say, social campaigns, or we've really uh, gotten great at certain web designs, whatever the service may be, that I think our, because our, our level of expertise has deepened and broadened, that that kind of replaces the, the fear there that you're talking about that, oh my gosh, we're going to be doing the same thing over and over again. And it's really not that. Uh, because we get to be so results focused, as opposed to what we were doing for years, Brent, when we were very deep in so many different industries and having to recreate things on a daily basis, we weren't as results driven. We were really trying to just tread water, you know? And, and so when we were doing, gosh, retail and nonprofit and trucking and this and that, and so many different industries, it was very difficult to, to be effective. So I think that effectiveness in so many ways has replaced what was that fear of monotony. Mm. I mean, and, and there is, I think there's so much truth to what you just shared with our listeners if they do have that fear because getting clients in a focused market, once you really learn the ropes, getting them consistent results over time, I mean, it is a challenging proposition. I mean, it's, it's almost the exact opposite of boring. It's, it's probably constantly new challenges as, as platforms and technologies and other things like that change. I almost feel like you have to have a few things that are constant in a business for you to actually take those bigger challenges on. Absolutely. And, and what that rolls into then is the ability to create systems. And I'd love to say, Brent, that we have arrived and that we have all of our SOPs in place and everything is hunky-dory and that's not the case at all. Uh, but we have moved far more in that direction. And so our level of expertise, not only as an agency, but uh, our digital services manager and, and what he does and our project manager and what she does and our, our designers and, and what they do day in and day out are able to be uh, fit into systems that we know really work and, and again, it's, it starts to become more and more about those outcomes. And then on the business development side, which is such a big deal for people in this industry and for so much of your listening audience, Brent, is that I'm able to now have conversations that I'm so much more comfortable with because 
when we get their red flag concerns in the midst of a discovery conversation that, well, we're, we're interested, but we have this fear or this concern, or we don't really know if that marketing spend is going to be justified. I'm able to, to have those conversations by saying, well, hey, you're in Alabama. Let me tell you what we did for this bank over in Georgia. And, and we did this campaign set and we took them from, you know, from, from stage one to stage three or whatever the case may be, and usurped all of your same concerns. And their responses typically are like, oh, really? So when I'm able to tell those stories and, you know, that all works in cohesive fashion with what we're able to produce as individuals here in the agency, then, man, it seems to be working. I love, I love hearing that. Just, you know, even thinking about when you're going after random clients that aren't in a niche and you show your portfolio or whatever you're saying, I, I've gotten other clients' results. Whereas you're able to say, I've gotten other clients that look and sound exactly like you results. And let me show the, you those results. And here they are. And they're going to be very relatable and tangible. And, and they, they can see themselves there. They don't have to like imagine like, well, what would this look like if it was applied to banking? They're able to say this, you know, wow, that's exactly what we need. Can we, you know, can you just do it again, please for us? Right. And, and you, you're able to say that, which I think is, is one of the, the, the upsides of, of being focused on a target like you guys have. Oh, absolutely. And, and that's a very different conversation than I used to have years ago when I would go from a construction company to a Whatever I, I remember a conversation about a website project that we were having with a uh, like an art supply company, and you know, of course, they're they're hitting us with those tough questions like, "Well, what have you done that we can relate to?" Is essentially what they were asking, you know. And my response was, "Well, we've built some really great looking websites over here in these other categories. Let me show these to you, and I'm sure we can figure yours out." It's almost like political spin. You know what, (laughs) which of our projects like, oh, we could kind of like morph this one to kind of like, here's how, here's how it relates, right? Versus just being able to say, here are some other banks, here's how we've helped them and we can help you just like we've helped them. And it's, it's, it's a lot easier to, I think, I think to, to, uh, help show the results in order to mitigate that risk of the client thinking to themselves, like, will Chris and his company be able to help us, right? Yes, they will, because they've done this for other people. So that's, that's super cool. And I, I'm, I'm, thanks for indulging my, uh, my, my niche curiosity a bit on, on today's show. Now you were recently at U summit and, and we briefly talked about this, that you had kind of, uh, you know, and I always love these stories where maybe the, the, the floor fell out from underneath you in, in terms of your, your business focus. I think you told me a story about kind of back where some things that were happening to you back in 2008, maybe you can kind of elaborate on that for our listeners. Like let's get them caught up on that, that story. Sure. And I love the story, I guess, because it's, uh, it's one that got me where we are today. Uh, I had done about 10 years of work as a nonprofit administrator and kind of burned out in that sector. And long story short, came to own a retail store. And grew this store to, uh, gosh, 45 employees, $3 million a year in gross sales. And then, as you mentioned, date-wise, 2008, 2009 hit. And the bottom fell out. And this was outdoor sporting goods, which was an expendable income category. So everybody quit spending in that category. And uh, at the same time, we owned the building and property values plummeted, including commercial ones. So I found myself in a 
situation of desperation. I had an opportunity to sell out to a competitor and really try to kind of get out with our skin on and, and did that. And there I was at 40 years old at the time. And Brent, that wasn't the plan. I was starting over at zero. Uh, and that, that culminated at the same time that I had a few years before been through a divorce and had my daughter the majority of the time and had lots of these other personal journey concerns. And, you know, it really was, was having to start from scratch. And I think from that place of desperation, maybe it was some induced humility to maybe listen to the things around me. And that's what kind of led into the, the opportunities to come after that. At that point, you decided with sort of unrelated experience, it sounds like, to start an agency. So you, you mentioned you listened to the things around you. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Yes, absolutely. What happened at that time was something that in hindsight was so blatantly obvious that it was <laughs> it was hard not to listen to. I had always done all of my own branding and advertising work and, and really enjoyed that sector of what I had done, even in owning a retail operation. So after the, close, the sale of that business and I had moved on, within three weeks of each other, I had two different business associate friends of mine asked me, hey, you always did a good job with your branding, your advertising. I really need some help. Will you come help me? And, you know, when that happened to two unrelated people in un unrelated industries within a few weeks of each other, and it was something that I got to go do and I enjoyed doing, I, I had to listen. And, and I think what at the time I was Trying, running on faith and fumes in a lot of ways. And those two things happening together really told me, okay, maybe this is something I ought to listen to and pursue the opportunity. So I did. One of the funny points at that point was that one of these guys asked me, well, great, come help us out. What do you need to charge? Man, I, was, I don't know, kind of threw my hands up and said, I don't know, how's $300? I had absolutely no idea as a quote unquote marketing consulting consultant what to charge at that point. So that led to another opportunity. And Brent, at that point, I began to become intentional about, hey, maybe this is really something that I can do for people and have value to help them grow their business. And that snowballed into a point a few months later where I really needed full-time graphic design help because I was working with several people. And it's built from there. And here we are eight, nine, 10 years later. I think for our listeners, I, I don't know if, if, if 40 is, is young or old, depends who the listener is. Uh, but I think starting a business at 40, I mean, yeah, I mean, you had a family and you had, I, I assume, I mean, you mentioned that you, you had to, uh, you know, you were, you were taking care of your daughter or she was living with you. I mean, you had obligations. I know that there are, I, I know we have clients that are uh, clients and prospective clients here at YouGurus that either are thinking about transitioning to an agency or are kind of in the process of that, um, or maybe have even kind of started at 40, right? Or kind of started late. And, and I get that comment a lot is like, I feel like, oh man, I'm just starting this kind of so late or whatever, right? Do you, like, what was some of the thinking at that time for you? Was there, you know, I mean, I'm sure you were freaking out uh, at the time. I'm sure it was stressful, but like, how did you manage that? How did you know how to make that survive that gap, right? Make sure that you were taking care of what mattered most to you. Did you have like a safety margin, a buffer, or was it really like, Hey, this thing's either going to work or I'm going to have to go get a job like immediately. 
Absolutely. It was that. And I think it was, yes, those feelings of fear and desperation. And I think what came out of that or how that happened, Brent, were a couple of things. Number one is is maybe the core of what this podcast and so much of what you do is about is that entrepreneurial spirit. I saw it as an opportunity to do something that I had always wanted to do, to be able to work with lots of different businesses and to help them succeed. And that's something that that cut to my core and it gave me energy for that perseverance to have the energy to say, you know what, I, I really think I can make this work. And I think the other Part of the answer to the question, too, were the support systems that I had in, in my life at the time. My family around me, my, my girlfriend at the time, who is now my wife, I, I remember sitting at a poolside conversation with her. And, and when these things began to come together, I said, I have a crazy idea, but I think I can start a marketing company. And she looked at me and said, let's go. What do you need? And I had that. I had my my faith community around me. I had lots of friends. And I think the culmination of really leaning on those things when I needed them the most, Brent, is what gave me the the energy and the basis around me to have that kind of perseverance at a at a tough time. Mm. Hey, what's up, podcast listeners? Are you a web agency or freelance web designer that's trying to add recurring revenue profits by offering your clients SEO services? Well, I've got good news for you. There's a new service that is basically the design pickle for white label SEO. Their team hooks you up with unlimited SEO tasks for one monthly fee. You got to check them out at seobrothers.co forward slash you gurus. They're giving our listeners 50% off their first month and an awesome money back guarantee. That's seobrothers.co forward slash you gurus. All right, let's get back to our interview. You know, I almost wish that and again, having a business is not for everyone. I just, that's like my, my, uh, my asterisks, right? I don't, I don't believe that everybody wants to, or should be necessarily an entrepreneur, but I think that anybody that really does want it and has the drive and determination can make it happen. But something that you just said, I want to highlight for our listeners, because this is something I don't actually talk about on this show very much, if ever, which is support from that spouse or partner. And you mentioned that when you brought this up to your, at the time, girlfriend, now wife, that she was very positive and optimistic and said, you know, what do you need? Let's go, which I I can't emphasize how important that is because I've worked with, I've always received that same kind of support, Chris. And, uh, from, from, from my wife, Emily. And, um, and she's always been like, she knows that I'm a risk taker and she knows that, you know, that there, there's risk involved in this, but has always been very like, you know, keeps me in a positive way of thinking. And I know from coaching, you know, lots and lots of agency owners that sometimes there's not support at home for the business and it can take a huge toll on the founder. Like, cause I, I, I think about the business, like business equals problems. And if there's, if you're dealing with problems all day long and then you come home and you're like, you know, having to second guess or question that, that, that can be a huge problem. Uh, and so I just, in, in your, in that creative mix that you got when you started the company, um, I do think there's something to be said about that, that spousal support that you received. I don't know how much you've uh, acknowledged that, but that's something that is, is unique. It's not uh, given. Um, I do know a lot of entrepreneurs that have failed because they have not gotten that support, right? That the business has become a point of tension. I think it's, it's so important, Brent, that 
if she had had a completely different reaction at that point and said, you're crazy, you got to go do something to bring home a paycheck, uh, I, I might be somewhere punching a clock at this point. And, uh, you know, who knows? But I'm like you, I, I can't underscore the importance of that enough. Yeah. Well, that's cool. I, I love to hear that that's something that you got in that in that moment. I always, I always say, you know, with the business, you know, even with uh, I started sharing my business vision uh, with my wife before we even uh, before she was involved in the business. But you know, I would share my my two page business plan with her every every ninety days, roughly, right? I mean, I'd say, hey, this is where we're headed. This is where we're going. Like, I'm going to be working really hard over the next three months because these are, these are my rocks. These are my priorities, right? Uh, and I would tell people this. They'd be like, wait, what? You share like that stuff with your spouse? And I'm like, well, yeah, because like if I'm working late and working hard, you know, I don't want to be, you know, I don't want to have her thinking like, well you know, what is he doing? Like, why is he spending all this time, you know, working? But when they have context, I think that becomes powerful, right? When you have that alignment at home and you have the buy-in, the belief, then when things get hard, there's, there's that support. Absolutely. So the last 10 years, I mean, you, you went from, you mentioned this earlier, kind of the, the, the jack of all trades generalist. Uh, you had a bunch of people asking you, you know, can you help me with this? You mentioned that you started hiring some designers and help. So I assume then 10 years from start to today, it's been clear sailing up and to the right. You guys have had no problems, no challenges. Business has been just hunky-dory, right? I love your sarcasm. It's <laughs> great. You know, uh, I think one of the key things that was a bring forward for me was the intentionality to learn from elements of failure or things that didn't go well. Uh, I, I mentioned, you know, that retail operation, and I would love to blame it 100% on the, the downward spiraling economy at the time, right? But when I look at that and say, well, what, what could I have done differently to say recession proof the business or do other things or or what what I do differently and during the 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 marketing agency years and and uh, over the last decade Brent I've tried to bring a lot of those lessons forward I'll, I'll give you an example running a large retail operation it was all about revolving lines of credit to buy inventory and this and that and huge debt loads that you're, you're really kind of chasing that on an ongoing basis and stepping over into the current world that you and I live in. I was very intentional to do it without debt. I knew what that felt like. I, I used to describe myself as Atlas. You know, I felt like I had the world on my shoulders and I didn't want to continue to do that. So stepping into a service agency, what I've done is I've built it for the most part on cash over time. And as we've hired people, we've done that uh, based on need in response to incoming business, loosely said, rather than just, hey, let's hire a bunch of people and hope that we can bring in business to pay those people. It's not that at all. It's spinning that around on, on, on the other totally different approach. I, I, I like that you have, uh, that you're conscious of pulling lessons from the failures, right? I think even just positioning it as, 
you know, there are, there are those wins and successes, and then there are those lessons. And some of those lessons sometimes are more expensive than others, i.e. going out of business because a recession hit. I don't think that that's a given. I mean, I, I've given a lot of clients a hard time when they say, oh, you know, our business really, like, you know, collapsed when there was a recession. And I'm like, man, like, every, like I don't know, 20, 2008 was like, like for us, it was like the year that we started turning around. 2009 was even more profitable than 2008, 2010, right? I mean, we actually, we grew substantially better during, you know, the quote unquote recession uh, years um, than, than we had prior to that more because we just, we weren't doing the right things before and we started doing better things after, right? I mean, it was, it was more of a strategy problem for us than what's going on at a macroeconomic scale. And so I think that hearing you say that, look, was it a given that we were, that we should have been put out of business or whatever, had those issues with the retail operation? Um, probably not. It was due to credit and, and management of credit and perspective about the belief around how credit fits into the business. And now you're saying, look, it's, it's an option. It doesn't need to be there. And if it's not there, we can grow a more successful company without it. Absolutely. And I think one of the other big lessons that I had as a takeaway from that too was the environment that I was in was highly competitive. And I think I was closed-minded to things outside of our building that potentially could have helped us grow or expand or be better or have strategic partnerships. And I think that can be true in so many different industries. I think it's extremely true in, in, di- in the digital agency world, Brent, that we have strategic partnership opportunities all around us. And to have the mindset, I think, of, oh, well, gosh, I don't want to let these guys know what I'm doing, or I don't want to put, I don't want to give too much information away. And man, if I put an ebook on my website and and gave that away, gosh, everybody would know my secrets. So I think rather than having that mentality, having learned from that and realized that, Hey, I may get burned on a handshake or two, but at the same time, when, when partnership possibilities come along and I say partnerships very loosely, uh, opportunities to refer business back and forth or work together, those types of things, it, it's huge. And for us, that led to getting to know another agency that had been working for more than 20 years with community banks that didn't do the types of services that we do, that didn't provide digital marketing services that wanted us to come alongside them with one client. They, they had a client that just really needed a website. And so we made that connection with one strategic partnership project. And here we are about two years later, and we're serving, gosh, 15 clients in common and are in the process of actually merging our agencies. And that to me, Brent, is the ultimate business lesson of learning to to be open to listening intently and then taking action on it and, and can have that kind of outcome. That's awesome. I, you know, I'm, I'm a big abundant mindset advocate and hearing you talk about, I mean, first of all, if you publish all your secrets in the ebook, I think that usually the takeaway is Chris's secrets look really hard. Let's just hire Chris to do that. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, or, you know, so, I mean, there, there's that piece, but I mean, also hearing about, this strategic partnership that has now evolved into a potential uh, uh, or, or uh, in-progress merger. First of all, congrats on that. I mean, I think that's an amazing scale strategy is to find other complementary businesses. And if you can make the culture piece work, merging and, and joining forces, I mean, that sounds super cool. I mean, so, so 
How did you find that company? I mean, you mentioned that they were working in your space, that you, instead of, you know, feeling like they were competitors, you guys, you know, listened and, and, and had uh, some conversations and, hey, we could collaborate. You started with one project and that moved to others. But um, was there anything that you did, like, intentionally to find companies like that? Or was it just that it happened and you happened to be listening and present to it? We actually had a a friend and guy in common that I've got to give full credit to. Uh, and what what Jeff did, I'll call him by name, uh, had done some web work for uh, a couple of the other agency's clients and then had come over here and was handling, beginning to handle a lot of our digital marketing services. And he was really the one that kind of stood up and said, hey, you guys ought to meet each other. So when we did and the other agency's client had needed a website project and came to us, it just kind of all gelled at that point. And we went from one to about four, five, six. And finally, this other agency owner and I went to lunch one day and I looked at him and said, man, I don't know how you feel, but it seems to me the writing is on the wall because his team works exclusively in traditional. And our agency had begun to morph much further into, again, all the digital facing services. And uh, so, you know, it, it was really kind of a, the writings on the wall. Uh, it, it's really cool also because you mentioned culture. And I think when you're talking about a merger, it's a partnership. It's a melding of two teams. And there are lots of different levels that that culture needs to happen. And we both had to happen to be faith-based guys and said, yep, it, it, it's kind of like God's trying to tell us this is the next step for both of us. It's going to, by combining us, it's going to double our size. Our approaches are very much the same. We're both uh, very interested in niching you know, further into this and feel like that raises our level of expertise. Our, our team members are interested in working together. So it was just one thing after another on the checklist of how that that might come together and work well that uh, that really made it made it happen. And what's I, I mean, you you obviously know this, and and I'll, I'm just going to say it because maybe our our listeners aren't putting the pieces together. You're going to merge this company, and you're going to, as you said, you're going to double in size, right? Because you're going to have you know one plus one is two, right? So you've got your agency, you've got his agency, now you have a larger agency. But I think what is also there, because this agency isn't necessarily uh, competitive, but complementary, meaning that the services that they offer, you don't necessarily offer and vice versa, Absolutely. that you now have this opportunity to go to all of their, their clients with your services and roll out their digital services. And then this other agency can go to the clients that you currently have and roll out their more traditional services that they offer or whatever they do. Um, and, and, and so this is a case where the whole is truly greater than the sum of the parts that the pie is not, it's not just about, okay, we've combined our pies and now we have like a pie that's twice as big. It's that the pie is actually going to grow with this merger. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and I think that that is just, there, there is not a better example of how an abundance mindset can play out for you in your business because, you know, a lot of people think it's kind of this zero sum game that it's just, hey, we're going to, you know, if you guys are doing half a million and we're doing half a million that we're going to combine and become a million dollar agency in practice, that actually is, it's going to be better than that, I think, because you're going to actually, you're going to now have this, these two different customer groups that you can go to and sell additional services to solve real problems. And you could actually see yourself in a way like, 
4x, right? That the agencies are going to combine and be, you know, twice as big as you guys are by yourselves. But then you could actually double again if you are offering all those services to a larger market, which I think is so fascinating. Well, I think you, you nailed it, Brent, that it's the level of authority and expertise that we can now bring to the field and all of the combined efforts. I agree. I think it makes us exponentially scalable. That's awesome. I mean, as, as long as you guys can work out like the people, the culture, you guys get that stuff nailed down and like which direction the business is going. I'm, I'm not going to say that for a second that this is easy. I think it's a simple idea. Um, I think it's going to take you guys a lot of work. It's going to be hard, but I think the upside is exciting. Uh, and I think you guys have something you're, you're onto something in your market. I think you're going to have a lot of success with it. So, um, this has been fascinating, Chris. I think this conversation, just talking about this merger, talking about how that came from a strategic partnership, talking about some of your failures, as well as reinventing, which was the theme of our, our youth summit conference, but reinventing at 40, uh, and kind of starting over and, and, and taking a bold move. I think you made the right decision. Uh, and I'm sure you feel that way as well. Are you ready for our, uh, lightning round? I think so. What is the best advice you've ever received? You know, in thinking about being on this podcast with you today, I think that actually was an extremely difficult question for me. I've learned over the years to remain teachable and gotten lots of advice, but I think one of the ones that stands out the most is several years ago, a mentor of mine told me when I was kind of complaining about having to go and do something and being a recovering procrastinator myself, he said, well, look, it's really easy. There are only two times that you need to show up. I said, oh, really? He said, yeah, when you want to and when you don't want to. And it was very simplistic, but I've, I've taken that and applied it to lots of areas of my life. Which of your personal habits has contributed most to your success? I hear lots of successful people talk about routine, but it's absolutely applicable to me as I think my most important important sets of personal habits. And I think that's both it, it's workouts, it's things that are taking care of myself and participating in a faith group and all of that. It's time, it's Tuesday night, date night with my wife and Thursday morning coffee time that we have. And it's things that I do in my almost daily work life that really provide the staples for uh, what helps me to be successful, I think. Can you share an internet resource or tool or app that you use that you think our listeners would find valuable? The one that comes to mind for me is Teamwork, our project management system. I know that's a pretty common one out there, but I really evaluated a lot of project management tools out there, and it works extremely well for our agency. And what book would you recommend and why? I am a big fiction reader, so I like to, to read a lot of fiction. I mean, Tom Clancy stuff and John Grisham and all of that just to kind of check out and relax. But when I think about business books, I actually go back to one called Why We Buy by a guy named Paco Underhill. And this obviously was applicable when I was in the retail business. But what it is, is the psychology of consumerism. And it's actually fascinating and, and has some things that I've been able to bring over into the marketing agency world about how we behave. I also really like and am rereading Traction. Uh, I know Gino Wickman is, is also uh, one of the YouGurus community guys and, and really get a lot out of that as well. Awesome. Well, we will link out to uh, Why We Buy uh, as well as Teamwork and lots of other great nuggets, takeaways from this podcast over at our show notes page. That's at yougurus.com forward slash podcast. Chris, how can our audience find out more about you? Is there anything that you have that they can check out? 
Absolutely. I would just invite you to go to agoracompany.com, A-G-O-R-A. That's actually the Greek word for marketplace. That's how we came up with that. But uh, I'm on the about page there and can reach out to me, connect with me on social, read some of my columns and some other ways to connect and uh, would love to communicate and hear with other folks in the industry. Awesome. Well, we will organize that for our listeners. If you're on a run or on the road, again, just check out our uh, show notes page, yougurus.com forward slash podcast. And we'll have links out to Chris's website, as well as his social media profiles, his about pages, his book recommendations, and lots more great nuggets. If you guys are listening to this episode, the week it comes out, just go to yougurus.com, click on the podcast page. You'll see Chris's photo right up there at the top. Click on that guy and you'll get to the show notes. So check those out again, yougurus.com forward slash podcast. Chris, thanks for stopping by the program today. Absolutely. It's been a lot of fun. Thanks for having me, Brent. And that's it for this week's episode of the Digital Agency Show. Stay tuned each and every week for more great content coming to you to help you grow your digital agency so you can achieve freedom in business and life. Until next time, I'm Brent Weaver. Thanks again for tuning in to the Digital Agency Show. Before we close out, I wanted to check in on your answer to my question from the beginning of the episode. Are you stressed out, cash crunched, fed up with your business? Now, if you feel this way, you might think that you have a lead generation problem. Maybe that it's the area you live in or that this market has gotten too competitive. Maybe you think that your business can't be turned around. And I want you to think again. In my many years of experience, I can tell you now, it's something much deeper that you're likely not even aware of yet. It's like a client who says they need a website, Facebook ads, or a mobile app when they don't even realize it's a deeper challenge is blocking them from success. Now, if you'd like to find out what your deeper challenge is, then I want to invite you to apply for a strategy call where we're going to dig into those underlying issues in your business and get you moving forward like never before. The aha moments that you're going to have will shift the way you think forever, and you'll finally get the answers as to why your business hasn't taken off. The number one most important decision to rapidly grow your business starts by booking your YouGurus strategy call today. Go to yougurus.com slash apply to start the application process for this free call. Once again, go to yougurus.com slash apply to get started. Thanks again for tuning in. Join us next week for another episode of the Digital Agency Show. 